Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another round of the best morning show to get you guys ready? Pre-market prep. Today, we got, of course, the tech question starting to ask, does tech take the rally down? We'll take a look about CPI, everything depending on this data tomorrow. Novavax coming on in with slash guidance and disappointing earnings. We'll take a look at Upstart, take two, Signet Jeweler deal out there, and Kathy buying the dip again. You guys know she enjoys to take some shots and she jumped in. We'll talk about what stock she dipped into. And then we'll touch a little bit on a big stock that's boosting a little bit here today. Good RX getting some lift after a short squeeze on grocery issue resolved. We got a great show for you guys. Like always, our guest, John Lynch, CIO of Comerica Wealth Management. Let's dive in. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's bring on Joel O'Connor and Dennis Dick, and of course, the futures. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Uh, we're down 14 and a quarter handles. Uh, we got some important levels, folks, both on the upside and the downside that probably will be tested today. Uh, we got crude up a buck 03 at 91.79. Back in the 90 handle, gold over 1800. Second day in a row, up a buck 30, 1806.50. Silver trying to get to 21. That's up a penny at 20.62.5. Bitcoin down 735 at 23,250. And Ethereum futures, they're down $84 at $17.04. So we sure had a lively pre-market prep show, Dennis. And uh, man, I mean, if we talk about a Teflon market, holy mackerel. I mean, even after that Micron war, or not, we'll talk about Micron in a second. Even after that NVIDIA warning, we ripped and made a new high for the move. What are market participants thinking at these at, at, at this area and in this news? They're hungry. They're, it's the FOMO. The FOMO's out there. They see Bed Bath & Beyond blasting off yesterday, which we talked about AMC and Bed Bath & Beyond driving the bus, and that absolutely was happening yesterday. The FOMO running rampant through all the memester stocks, through a lot of other stocks too. They're like, NVIDIA? Who cares? We got Bed Bath & Beyond driving this bus. So that's what you saw yesterday happening. Today we get another warning we'll get into right now is Micron. Oh. Just random warning after they basically warned last quarter too. I'm long Micron in the long-term portfolio. Um, you know, you keep thinking eventually you get enough warnings here. Is the stock market not going to start to listen? But I don't know. And then you get tomorrow's CPI. So lots of balls to juggle here. All right, let's go towards that Micron story. And the question now comes, does tech take the rally down? Micron warning here. And they stepping in, of course, after recently provided uh, guidance on June 30th, warning that the revenue of the current quarter may fall below or near the lower end of its recent forecast. The company cited macro supply chain issues among the reasons for the adjustment. it's tough because the chips are all worn i mean the amd quarter wasn't even great they bought it on it and they've had runs so i mean it's tough to just come in here and say yeah you know it's all turning around i mean it does it sounds like it's turning the other way where these chips are showing you that hey 
it's getting tougher out here. Soft landing, probably not happening. I mean, demand, you know, is starting to wane. So there's problems here in the overall economy starting to show up in the individual stocks, but not in the stock prices so much, or at least not in the overall market. So I'm not sure when the market starts listening, but right now there's lots of worries out there and the market's ignoring them all. So physical warning from Micron, physical warning in NVIDIA yesterday, China surrounding Taiwan. That's a whole nother story, which I'm scared of as well. And I've been scared. I've started moving to the sidelines. But you know what? Like I was saying yesterday, it's hard to fight the tape. So I can't go full short here of this market because you know what's happening tomorrow? What's happening tomorrow? CPI. And what's that CPI? Joel, everybody knows. It's coming in soft. You know, I'll say it. I'm fairly confident this data is coming <laughs> You were confident last time too, Dennis. Not really, uh, Mitch. Not really. Like we were saying that we didn't know like with the, with the timing of it, but I thought eventually it could come in soft. And obviously, Mitch, last month, I made a lot of money calling the market bottom. So yeah, you did. You know, we could yeah, laugh about whatever I was saying. No, it's, a, it's just how it is, right? What did the market do? Stocks right during that time. What did the market do often? The market no, didn't what? really care. Let's yeah, just be honest. Yeah, the market said, "Yeah, they said, uh, see you later." Uh, it was that was the gift. That was the yeah. opportunity. The last yep. time the number was a little bit hot because everybody knew, okay, it's just lagging. It's going to get soft. It means commodity prices have tanked. So, so there's one no thing doubt. That you, one thing that you stated in there, Dennis, is that yep. it, it's been kind of an expectation that this is going to come in light, right? And now one thing that I would be looking at is did the market kind of price this in already? Did everyone just buy expecting this CPI to come in light? And then now when the numbers actually come, it's going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of thing. That's possible. And that's kind of what we saw last quarter was when, um, sorry, I've got the thing going on in the background. That was, that's possible, Mitch. And it's a good point has this all priced in like everybody's saying everybody realizes kramer's saying it's going to be coming light we hit peak inflation so is it all priced in in this rally that's possible i think you'll get the initial algos because the algos are so stupid the news algos just literally take it with whatever it says and it comes in light i think you get that initial spike and i think you're making a good point maybe that is like when you start unloading in that initial spike tomorrow i think you're going to get a spike off the data and that's why i don't want to go i don't want to go in the cpi short i definitely don't want to go and do it short yeah i don't think so um, you know and i don't know if i'm confident enough to go into it long for the reasons you cite but maybe i might be i'm probably gonna be biased a little bit to the long side and then i think you're right i think the algos come in i think the news algos buy the hell out of it on the initial like in the middle seconds you know they're like boom 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 light what what's this light bye bye <laughs> bye 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 but how light then, how light do we really think that it could i think it's gonna be very light 8.7 is the estimate 8.7 is the estimate last july high was 9.1 what would you guys what is what are they calling for what are 8. they calling 7, for 8.7 that's I think, year I over think year. you get a seven handle on it. Oh, there, you see, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear some boldness. There's bold from Dennis. And if that happens, they're going to buy them. Now, the question is, does that rally hold? I don't know. But I think they're going to buy them. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we don't, nobody knows. We don't have the data. So we're just speculating to a certain what extent. Would, but you see prices would, of commodities falling all over the place here. I mean, eventually it's showing up. So... I, I, the way I'm going to play it, I'm probably going to be biased a little bit long into the report, which makes me scared because I have the whole China thing, too. And I've obviously been talking bearish on the show here for a little while, besides yesterday, which, you know, the meme stocks were starting to take off. So, we, you know, I have a little meme party going on. But that's a sideshow, really, more than anything, because the main market is obviously, you know, NVIDIA. And it, it started to sell off on yesterday. The, the overall economy is teetering. So it it's hard to go rah, rah, bull, bull, even though it's going to be light. I like your scenario, Mitch, that maybe, uh, you know, you fade I mean, that initial spike. That, uh, Joel got it right last time. So let's go to Joel. <laughs> what do you I, think, I, Joel? I, I mean, you guys are like going back and forth, back and forth. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to just have to watch the price reaction. I mean, because we're, we're stuck. We're mm -hmm. stuck in a range. We're having consolidating ranges the this is like an indecision time and i don't know whether 
you know, the bulls are, are going to prevail. And for me, I got a number on the upside that we got to close uh, above to confirm this rally. And we've traded above it a lot. But you know what? We can't close it. We can't close above it. They come in. And then on the downside, it's not so much a, a closing area, but it's last week's low. And we are just, we're stuck. So I can't predict what the CPI is. I can't predict exactly what that you know knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction is. But I mean, the market is saying, I want to go higher. And it can't. The bulls are. And the bears are saying, you know, this bear market rally is over. We're getting earnings warnings from the big chip companies. We're taking this market down. And they can't take it down. I mean, no. this is, this is, you know, well, never that, say that's never, what... never say never. We still haven't opened today. I think this is the second warning now. And I think that if you were looking for an excuse to sell, did you just get it in the last two days? I think your excuse to sell is when this escalates in Taiwan. And, okay. you know, maybe this is a good segue. They're surrounding the island. They're doing tests all around the island. Mitch, I'm scared for what's going to happen here. They're I'm just drills, though, got... Dennis. They're just drills. Yeah. These drills eventually are going to lead to something else. And you know, to your point, Mitch, I, you know, they were around and, you know, talking the whole Ukraine situation for a long time, and then eventually there's an invasion. I, I'm scared there's going to be an invasion. And when that headline hits, this market is going to lose a lot. There's no doubt the algos are going to hammer if they invade. I, I, we don't know. They may not do it, but I kind of think they're going to. That's just my thought process. You know, I've been worried about the China situation. We're still at the same spot. You know, we're at the same spot that I started worrying. Right, it, but right, it's no, hard right. to just go full bearish. I don't want to get bearish here until I see it CPI because it's going to be light. I think it's going to be light. I think the market's going to rally on it. And it's a matter of whether I'm going to sell the rip on this or whether you get, you know, sustained move. Like maybe you wait till Joel does it hold. I mean, if you get a seven on that thing, maybe everybody just starts buying hand over fist and we hit 420. It's possible. So, it's not that far away. I mean, it's not that far the, away. Not at all. So, not at all. So, we we've been, the, so you have basically, I believe, like when I'm looking at the big picture here, CPI data, which is I think is going to be soft versus the whole China situation versus the whole, you know, three things. Three things really happening. The whole economy teetering and earnings warnings coming out all over the place now, you know, from big guns, NVIDIA, Micron. I mean, it's not just chips, though. You know, this earnings season wasn't that great either. You know, they were just buying the, the they were buying the stocks on basically, you know, earnings, you know, guidance that wasn't fabulous. Good enough was what it was. But is good enough going to continue to drive us to all-time highs? I don't know. But that CPI data, if I was bearish, that CPI data most scares me. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, we've been sticking in a range now. It looks like we, we want to hang down. out up here. And so it, at least I would say 100% for the, the bears that were thinking that it was, was going to come back in a swoosh back. That hasn't happened. The price consolidation up here has happened. And that does give the bulls a little bit more leg so. um, than it does to the bears, I would say, because now you get that sideways consolidation, which is usually gives us a little bit of price uh, kind of we, we find the price right at, at this range, at least for right now. It looks like the buy the dip is winning. But will that last is what we're all going to be watching. So selling the rip is too. I mean, if you, yeah. you know, yes. if you sold Intraday in the last rips, yeah, man. you sold in the last week's high, you know, uh, yesterday. Yeah. It, you know, it went a little bit again. I bet you, if you look at your stocks and you sold the high from last week on that rip, I know the spoo's got a little bit above it. Look what you would have done in Apple last week's high 6719, right? It went to 6781. Where are you at now? 63.62. Uh, Microsoft was building a wall, right? That did take out last week's high by decent margin, but still, you sold that. You're looking okay. And then uh, for your just your individual equities, uh, look, look, I mean, that last week's high in Microsoft was 83.80. But don't, I mean, it's so easy to focus on what the high was. But where, you know, the closes, these weekly close, your high close for the rebound is what you got to be focused on in your stocks and see if they can improve on that. And they got above them. They got above the highs of the move yesterday, but I don't, I don't see many closing above it. I mean, let's just talk 50% retracements, two of the overall move. Kay Kennedy saying the 50% retracement for the S&P is around 423 for the SPY. Um, you know, that's interesting in itself as well. That's so, way up there. 
Yeah, and I'm sure it's close to there. Like we were ballparking at 420, but it's around there. So, you know, you've got a 420-51. Yep. I mean, it's right around there. 420. It's just lining up. The ducks are all in a row here. I think the CPI data could take us there. I think you sell stocks into it. I like Mitch's theory of, you know, okay. We'll it depends, though. If it's just a seven, maybe everybody's like, green light, green light, go. What's that, you know, the movie there from Netflix, red light, green light? Yeah. <laughs> I, they- I, I, I'm really torn here. You know, estimates haven't says, been are too you far nuts off to buy stocks into this. You know, what if the data one doesn't come in soft Two, what if you get, you know, escalating in China three, what if you get another earnings warning? There's a lot of risk to being yeah. long this market right now. And I'm risk adverse. That's how I've made my living is managing risk. And that's why it's hard for me to come in here and start just buying stocks because it's, it's a tough market. I mean, the, the headline flow, the news flow has been very bad. But the response to the news flow has been nothing yeah, short of incredible. Stocks, yeah, we've said that before. When stocks go go up on bad news, I that's mean, that's usually you know? a sign that the bottom is in. Yeah, yeah. We definitely are getting that. We're getting those yeah. stocks going up on bad news. So let's see what that CPI. So I think today ah. going to be a lot of chop because everybody's going to be positioning ahead of tomorrow's data. We get the eighth or twenty four hours from now, twenty four hours and fifteen minutes from now. We're going to have a lot more information. We may mm-hmm. not have clarity on direction, but we're going to have a lot more information. So Agreed. right now, I think you're just going to get chopped. I think it'll be a choppy day. Um, my sources tell me that China's waiting on the CPI data. <laughs> Rather before the full invasion. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do want to I stick it to us, though, right? Yeah. What happens? <laughs> Let's just talk the, the scenario that they actually do invade, and it's not off the table. Ooh. I think there's, you know, Mike W. What would happen to Apple? Goodbye. What goes would happen to, What would happen? You know, to all everybody who uses chips. I mean, everything what happens. Everything gets destroyed. Supply chains, tech, just destroyed. You're right, Mitch. Destroyed. Inflation goes through the roof too, and the Fed has no choice but to keep raising rates. It, it would be a complete like one thing that Ukraine. Okay, our oil supplies getting hit a little bit. A little bit of wheat. It's another thing, all of a sudden, the chips shortage, which we've been experiencing, just goes exponential. I mean, we have, you know, all of a sudden, major, major problems. So, I mean, some people say the U.S. would have to go and defend them, but they're not a NATO country. So I don't think the U.S. would go in. But I don't know. Like, I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, this market is absolutely going to not bounce back off that one. Uh, we, so, we, we would just have a treaty with them to provide them defense weapons. So I think we would do the same like we did for Ukraine and just supply them with weapons. But we're not going in. That is, I mean, I, do you I, think they're going in, Mitch? Do I going? think China's going in? Yes. Yeah. I think this was already determined with Russia beforehand. But that's just my I opinion. think they're going in, too. Joel, um, do you think they're going in? You get yours. I get mine. I think that's exactly the, the how bigger, the conversation is, went. I, I like I like Laura's question here. And um, I kind of I kind of botched it yesterday uh, with you because you were uh, talking about your short term portfolio. You know, it. And I always want to sell everything. I mean, I always want to. Okay. I do. I do. I know. I don't, but I do. I do. I always want to sell everything. Right. And I want to sell everything. It's the bottom sometimes and, you know, sometimes the top. But if there's ever a time and I know it ain't going to happen where I would want like that would be it. Like that would be. That would be the tipping point. So when you said you were going to sell everything, I know you said, whoa, 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 and you, I know your short-term portfolio. That is because you're quick. You know, you can do it. But, you know, your long-terms, I mean, if there's a prolonged war, I mean, that's just too much. There's just too much if the war in the Ukraine and then China and Taiwan, we're going to have to do something. There's some kind of grand plan out there. Unfortunately, uh, we don't know what it is, but. It sure look. It sure looks like you know. Um, Surrounding the island, doing tests. I th- think eventually. Well, what, going, what do they want? The, do they want to do it just to hurt us or just to hurt the world? Because it's going to hurt them too. Control the chips, though. Control if the they chips. come in there, they control, and then yeah, they control. just show their show their strength. It's a it's a strength. It's a power move. That's all it is. It's a power. And that's move. what it is. It's a power move. It's well, I, mean, I you control got, this that, side. You got to put your people. I mean, you need your people on the ground. You need people willing. You know, you need I don't pe- think China's pe- worried about co- that. Well, they, they, I mean, they, okay. <laughs> they, they lock people. up their people. Mitch, I don't think talk, they're worried. Talk, they got a lot of people too. 
Yeah, the uh, stocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go but to yeah. Novavax here. Let's go to the yeah, first earnings stocks we don't on know what the here. Hell we're talking about. Novavax got destroyed here. Um, of course, is coming from uh, the kind of <gasps> lowering guidance due to poor demand of its COVID vaccines. Uh, full year 22 guidance was lowered. Expects revenue now of two billion to 2.3 billion, down from four billion and five billion. Uh, the consensus was 4.27, so definitely lowering that guidance. EPS down. He had a loss of six dollars and fifty-three cents, down from four dollars and seventy-five cent loss year over year. Sales at 185.93 million, down from 298 million a year over year. And they slashed that guidance big. And to me, this is something that I don't want to mess with, at least. Okay, two things. One, Joel's your fan on because I hear like a breeze coming through. So I heard this before. Oh, I thought we were Sorry. in the beach for a second. Yeah, Joel, Joel's got it off. I know. It's like, who's getting, where <laughs> it is sounded the like the beach coming from? <laughs> the second thing is, who's buying these bloody COVID stocks, these vaccine makers? We already, I've already yelled and had the rant on Novavax when it was they like were late. Bucks. Yeah, they're two years too late. Yeah, you know, Moderna was all over it. That's why Moderna took off. And that's why Moderna was the best of breed here. They got the vaccine out there. They're bringing out a vaccine when we're all basically, you know, already been vaccinated. I and know. people are slowing down on their vaccinations. So, I mean, this company just missed the ball altogether. I've said this. I had this rant a year ago when it was $180. I had this rant when it was $250. I didn't get it. I'm like, I don't even have a vaccine. Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech are pumping it out. So, I mean, it didn't make any sense at 57, now 39. Sure, maybe they buy the dip because that's what they do in this market here a little bit. But this is not. It's like Tyson Foods yesterday. You know, I said on Tyson, <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously, that was not the one I would be buying the dip on. And Palantir no, didn't no, come no. back either. It was kind of just hanging out the same place, but didn't tank after. Tyson kept going down. I wouldn't buy the dip on Novavax today. Um, maybe it comes back. You know, maybe it goes to 42 or 45 or something like that. But this... This is just, they're, they're too late to the party. They dropped the ball. I did yeah. a little research on this back, you know, and uh, and like the history, and I just showed the monthly on it. And they had the same kind of thing before, and I can't remember. They had some drug, and it was all hyped up, and it went up, and the drug never worked out. I don't know if they did a reverse split in there, too. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, this is down mm -hmm. huge. A million, I'm... I'll just give you the pre uh, that the initial reaction low uh, thirty six sixty two. That's that's you know if if you're buying here you're leaning on that. If you want to bring in a short, you're going to try and bring it in there. Uh, the monthly charts or the next monthly low comes in at um, sixteen fifty one. So many easier places. To yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Biotech has been a really strong place for the last let's say month and a half. So I think with just this guidance here given, I think you got to be careful now starting to see some biotechs turn around. Um, let's get out of Novavax there. Let's go towards the next one. Let's get to upstart holdings here. EPS at a wow. one cent missing the 10 cent estimate. Sales at 228.16 million missing the 241.63 million. Upstart now sees Q3 revenue at 170 million. Versus the two hundred and forty-eight point nine two million, seventy million dollars. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and way off that two forty-eight. <laughs> that's not. So. That's no money. I'm not interested in a company that makes that little amount of money. I'm. It, it, this was a wild ride after hours. So they hammered it because it's halted. So they didn't even have it. It was in the halt, and then it came out of the halt, and they absolutely hammered it out of the halt down to twenty-five handle Joel, and then for whatever reason. They couldn't stop buying, and they're like, "Buy the dip!" Oh, it's going green. I was like, "I even tweeted, I'm like, it's gone green. I can't believe it's gone green." And when man, I wish I could see Dennis in after hours. My jaw was just like, "Are you kidding me? They're gonna buy this too?" I'm like, "The buy the dip is just winning everything." I'm like, "Here's a disaster," and they bought it green. But then they started to pull the rug, and now honestly, it's come all the way back down, and not all the way to those lows, but. What a wild ride. So just going to show you, you know, there is some big money to be made after hours yeah. trading this. I was trading a firm off of it, and mm. you know, that was wild as well. Obviously, direct peer, um, AFRM. And, yeah. you know, originally a firm's getting hit, and then a firm's rallying. Like, when Upstart went green, I was like, well, I'm buying a firm. And then and the firm went up, and it went green too. And then they turned around and pulled the rug out from underneath the Upstart. So, I mean, you got to be quick on these peer plays, but 
there is opportunities there. Oh, this looks like an opportunity. A firm's up in 1.2 months, 105%. <laughs> I'm watching stocks like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah up 100% from the lows. Well, I mean, it went to $13, and which was way overshooting the Kathy Wood, you know, arc bottom, which we called 176 down to 13. That just, just stands oversold. out to me. I don't know long term where a firm's going. I never really understood the buy now, pay later. I mean, it's easy. They buy now buy and now, never pay, pay never. <laughs> they never buy pay. Now, pay never. That's what everyone's concerned about, right? I mean, yeah, if they never pay, like right? Delinquencies here, I know, like crazy. Yeah, so. and um, just to kind of mention that, I, I remember there, there was a forward outlook given by TransUnion that they they do expect to see some of those uh, kind of delinquencies increase going into 2023. So that's why I, I'm not the biggest fan of a firm, but hey to each his own let's get towards another one here we'll get us another one in before our interview today let's go to take two interactive here take two eps at 71 cent missing the 91 cent estimate uh sales at 1.00 billion missing the 1.06 billion estimate and it just seems like the gaming's industry is not what it was and that's kind of normal i mean after 2020 where everyone was playing i think you're seeing a, a pullback. So I did buy this stock. I put a half size position in the long-term portfolio ahead of the print two days ago. So Friday. And then NVIDIA warns on gaming. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm selling my I'm selling my take two position that I just put on because it would trade a green. I'm like, well, and didn't NVIDIA just warn on gaming? I'm like, well, that means take two probably isn't gonna be that great. So good, I was like good. worried about that. So I ended up selling and I actually made my I bought 126 and sold at 128. I was wow. like, I'm going to just get out of this. And then if it dips, I'm going to rebuy. I did rebuy the dip. I picked up some at 116. I still have that position. Not sure what I'm doing with it yet. Um, I'm up five points, obviously, from the dip. It got down at 114 last night. Just felt like an overshoot. Um, I do think this is the kind of stock that they will buy the dip on, which they did. Um, does it retest the 114, 115? I would buy more if it did that. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a trade or an investment yet. I'm up five points and I haven't decided. Uh, well, short term, I mean, you know, you got the low from yesterday, 2509. Doesn't feel like you're going to get them. Actually, there are two lows in that area. So that's going to be pretty good resistance going forward. I don't think I could get real interested on the long side until you got back above 125. Uh, now you're so far off the low, right? I mean, look how far you're, it, you know, it. you're not going to go back down to the pre-market low. Uh, well, you could. I'm not going to say you can't. But um, I'd say right now, 118 and a half. There's a pair of lows there. That's two, two and a half bucks away. Some sellers come in on the open. I'd see if 118 and a half holds. If not, you might sneak down to that pre-market low. It's okay. it's a tough, tough call into take two. But the, again, the earnings were not great here and the guidance was there, yeah, the company not just great gave you, either. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, NVIDIA gave you the warning on this. This is how the market, how I keep saying it prices in nothing. I mean, this was kind of a, I should have went short into the report, to be honest. Like, it's kind of a layup, NVIDIA's warning because of gaming. And then you had a gaming stock reporting. They were buying them. I mean, they were buying take two up yesterday and hit up to 130 on the NVIDIA warning. I was like, this is the stupidest market I've ever seen in my life. So Sometimes. I took the opportunity to sell my stock. I actually wish I would have went short in the report. It would have been a good call. But I mean, this market is just uh, honestly, there's so many dumb. It's it's you know why it's so dumb anymore, Joel. It's just so algorithmic driven. It's so like 100 percent. It, it, and they honestly, a lot of these algorithms, it, 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 at one, it's been algorithmic driven for 20 years. It's so dumb right now, though, because you have dumb hedge funds behind dumb algorithms. You can, now, I'm not talking Citadel. I'm not talking Virtue. Those are the smart ones. But there's so many other ones that are like, oh, yeah, let's get into this algorithmic trading. And they're like, they think they, you know, they're physics, you know, and so they're, okay, yeah, I can get into this and make money off the markets. And they're just employing algorithms that just don't make any sense or they just aren't, you know, market savvy. So Citadel Virtue, smart algorithms. There's a lot of algorithms that are trading out there that aren't smart. So I mean, this well, is got, an opportunity uh, for you as a trader. Too. They got What's the paper too. What's that? They said they got the. Well, order yeah, Virtue flow. and Citadel have a huge advantage because they have the order flow. So you know, when you got the relationships, obviously that gives you a huge edge too. Those companies are awesome. I own Virtue. You know, those are run by very, very smart people. Doug Sifu. I mean, that sells over you know, at Virtue now. 
Um, you know, and obviously, you know, you get over there at Citadel and they're geniuses. I'm not talking about them, but there's so many other algorithms in this market right now. So many quants, so many just different, you know, stuff going on. And I think a lot of them are really uninformed. And that's why I see it again and again, like, how is this going on? You know, like there's just a lot of dumb money out there right now. Now, I wonder if that got better or worse when free commissions came in. That would be my question. Well, the dumb money is everywhere with free commissions too. And, and retail's always been somewhat, like there's some really good retail traders. Don't kid yourself. A lot of them are in this chat room. I'm retail now too. You know, so there's some good retail traders, but there's a lot of, you know, newbies. So, you know, mm-hmm. that it's going to be uninformed flow coming there too. There's a reason Citadel and Virtue want to buy retail flow because, you know, they're typically you know, on the wrong side. So <laughs> exactly. we're, getting, we're getting an economic number here though, before I bury myself here in this conversation here. Q2 productivity coming out here looks like a nothing burger because the S&Ps are meandering around in a one point range. Uh, but, you know, do we have that data there, Mitch? I'm pulling it up right now. Here. Coming it's out. Tape. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Tough. It doesn't look like it's meaningful anyway. It's not moving tomorrow yeah, not, at this time. The, 24 yeah, hours. Tomorrow, from now. tomorrow is everything. 24 and then hours. From also now. Thursday, we get P, uh, PMI. And so uh, keep that on your radar, too. Thursday. We'll get good data, important data back to back Wednesday and Thursday. So it could come in Wednesday and then Thursday. It's another data point we got to keep on watch. Let's go to, I think we can sneak Norwegian cruise lines here. Sure. Adjusted EPS at a loss of $1.14, missing the 86 loss estimate. Sales at $1.20 billion, missing the $1.26 billion estimate. And it looks like it's a trend today. Uh, a lot of missing on all these reports. That trend could continue. I mean, I, I don't see any reason that, you know, like, like we've been already saying, you know, you're getting warnings. It seems like next week we're going to get another warning. It just seems like the warnings just keep coming here. And that's, you know, the, the, but the issue is for the bears is that they've taken it in stride. So does that continue here? I don't know. Um, Joel thoughts here. Concerns. Joel's on mute. He's Joel, you've been at two out of three days here now. And Joel uh, never I'm, I'm in a fast anymore. market here. Um, I'm <laughs> trying to communicate with the bots. Um, what stock? I, I, I lost a, a space for a second. We're on Norwegian cruise lines. Oh, Norwegian, Norwegian cruise lines. Cruise how lines. can you, how can you, I mean. The, the only bull thesis is that all the bad news is priced in. That's the only bull thesis because there's nothing good coming from them. Now under twelve, yeah. I mean, and then they keep doing offerings, right? So they're going to keep doing offerings. These companies are burning cash still, or at least they're setting up to burn cash when this demand falls off a cliff. Maybe they're not burning cash this quarter, but and and they have higher prices, right? You know, higher wages. Gas prices have come. Fuel prices probably coming down a bit, helping a little bit. But I don't know. They're still burning money here, and they they were thought they were supposed to have record sales. All these cruise lines, and they're still burning money. Eleven eighty to twelve. If you want to bring this in, you had to move from like ten and change up to fourteen. It's halfway back. They're down a buck six. So that that would be that's where the big boys were before eleven eighty to twelve. But I mean, it's just. I don't know. Like I said, I said, probably said it a hundred thousand times, you know, just not a cruise guy unless you go to Alaska. I mean, that that's it. I just don't like cruises. So I'm not buying the stock. I'm just scared that some of these companies are going to dilute themselves. Like they're going to CCL. Obviously still, there's still people willing to buy the paper though. So they dilute, you know, people are willing to buy the shares. And so there's still, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Still able to raise cash, which is a good thing, but 
If it gets you know tight out there, if credit starts to get tighter too, if we went into a recession, I don't know what happens to these things. These are not recession-proof stocks. We'll tell you that. Dennis, you know what, you know the what they do? You know what they do? And I think you. this was one of your tricks. I hope I'm not giving it away during the financial crisis. You buy the paper, you short the comment. That, well, that's always been a way to do it too. Remember the preferreds I was doing that yeah, on too? Yeah. I, back yeah. in the financial crisis and I was trading a lot of preferreds, which is obviously a hybrid between the debt and the equity. Um, I would be, I remember like, you know, at certain points of time, they were yeah. hammering the paper. They're hammering the preferreds. It's like, I'm long the preferred, short the common, go bankrupt. Well, I'm going to be ahead of them in line <laughs> with the preferred stock. Or, and, and obviously in the other case, you know, that the things go back up, the preferreds can come back up. So in some cases, it just got stupid in the financial crisis. And the preferreds were getting harder, hit harder than the common in some of them, which doesn't make any sense at all. So there, there's opportunities there, but we're a long ways away from that. Got to know your arbitraging strategies, guys. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, definitely uh, learn from Dennis. He's one of the masters in arbitrage, I would definitely have to say. And it's something that I closely pay attention to because you'll hear a lot of speculation trading talk out there. But there's nothing like uh, Dennis's arbitrage style. So let's go ahead. Let's get into our guest today. We're going to bring on John Lynch here, CIO, Comerica Wealth Management. Welcome on, John. Thank you. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into this market. What do you see out there, John? Yeah, we're at about, what, 12 or 13 percent above the uh, mid-June lows. And uh, when I look at this, you know, I, I, I'd love to be more bullish, but I really see a classic counter trend rally. And uh, when we got the news on Friday, I thought there'd be more of a negative impact. The market's been pretty resilient. We're right about 4140 when we got the jobs report. But if you see a 12 or 13% gain over the past, call it six weeks, that's pretty consistent with previous uh, bear market rallies. They typically go about two months and you typically see about a 15% uh, print on, on the equities. So uh, it's been a good run, but you know we're about 1% away from 4,200, which as you guys know, is the 50% retracement from the yeah. 4,800 peak to 36 and change low. So I think it's going to take an awful lot to get us through that number. And I'm not sure we're going to get, you know, earnings season's finishing up. We get the two big prints tomorrow and uh, Thursday on inflation. If we get two tenths of 1% as opposed to 1.2, like we received last month, maybe that'll do it. But um, I'm a little skeptical, skeptical at current levels. What what are your thoughts on tomorrow's number? I mean, that's all that's going to matter here to this market yeah. is what is the CPI? 8.30 tomorrow, 24 hours from now, we're going to have a lot more information. Do you have any guesstimates, John? What are your thoughts going on? All I do is guesstimate. You know? <laughs> that's what we do as traders. Yeah, we it's, guesstimate. It's exhausting. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the New York Fed number yesterday was pretty interesting, right? Uh, we've seen gas prices down, what, 50 days in a row? And uh, that's it's crazy. kind of interesting how... Uh, consumer expectations for inflation have plunged. And we all know that, you know, what's embedded in our mindset about future pricing really is what the Fed is more concerned about than current pricing. And uh, so, yeah, I think we'll see about two tenths of 1% on the consumer side. I'm a little more alarmed or concerned rather about what we see on the wholesale side on Thursday. Uh, you know, that number, as you know, was 11% and plus on a year over year basis. And stuff rolls downhill right and i think we've got to be mindful on what the wholesale number is because that will be indicative of what we should see two three months out on the consumer level so how do you approach this market then i mean we've had a nice bounce off the lows to your point we're approaching the 50 percent retracement is this just this bear market rally and this overall downtrend and eventually we're going to resume this downtrend or are they building something and is the lows in i i think we're going to test and i'm not i'm not convinced we've hit the lows yet dennis um, you know, I do think uh, 3,500 has really good support to your point earlier about the algorithms and regardless of the intellectual capacity behind the algorithms, uh, that 200 week moving average tends to be a pretty good number in downtrends. It's also, you know, the bigger 50% retracement. So I suspect that, um, you know, that's a number we could test. Really have been surprised, you know, pleased to see what we've seen from earnings uh, but we haven't really seen the hit to margins yet, nor have CEOs or CFOs tipped their hands. Uh, so specifically to your question, 
we've seen a lot of growth rally. We've seen a lot of tech rally. We've seen the growth like names in consumer discretionary lead. And uh, I'd probably pare back some of that uh, currently uh, because the idea that, uh, you know, the Fed is going to cut uh, in the first half of 23, I think is a mistake. And I'm not convinced everyone really appreciates what 9% inflation really means. You know, it's going to be easy for the Fed to take inflation from 9% to 7. Uh, but then we're stuck with 7, right? And I think yeah. it's going to be a slog to go to 5. And it's going to be a deeper slog to get to from 5 to 3. I mean, that 7 number is such, a, and that's obviously the CPI data, which, you know, has changed the way it's been calculated over the years. But, I mean, you just think about 7% CPI and you think about, well, the long-term return in the overall market is around 7%. So that would mean, like, you're fully invested. You're not even getting anywhere. We're, I we're mean, it's though, right? Yeah. So it's like they got to get that number down. I mean, at, at 9%, you know, the long-term market performance is losing, you know, to, 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 you know, you're just losing purchasing power, even being invested. I mean, that's why, you know, this is such an issue to get this back down. But I think you're right. I mean, the 2% days are going to be tough to get back to those 2% inflation days. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we do have hope in Milton Friedman. I wrote a report a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and, I was just going to ask you about that. You uh, said counting on Milton Friedman. Could you please good, explain that? Good segue, right? We didn't drop the ton. <laughs> um, you know, Friedman obviously had the Nobel Prize winning career on the idea that inflation was always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. And I think we'd all agree whether we think about wages, interest costs, surging energy prices, the war in Ukraine, uh, some of the transition in energy policy. You know, we have a variety of things going against us. Uh, lockdowns, you know, the shutdown, all that, all factors into where we are from the, in the current pricing environment. But to the degree that Friedman was right, uh, and his work centered on the idea that inflation was always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, what we've seen with the Fed expanding their balance sheet by a factor of two, right, since uh, March of 20, now only beginning to slightly pare that back, we've seen money supply growth, the Fed has measured money supply by M2, <clears throat> that surged to a peak of 25% on a year-over-year -year basis uh, in the summer of 21. And we found that core CPI has a very strong correlation with a one-year lag. So we have peaked uh, in M2 summer of 21 at a 25% year-over-year pace. Currently, M2 is only growing in a 5 or 6% pace of growth in the summer of 22. So it stands to reason that we could see a pretty good decline in inflation purely from the money supply. And uh, that's why we're counting on Milton Friedman. And I, and I suspect Jerome Powell is looking at the chart also uh, and his thousand PhDs working on this because that'll really be important to help uh, uh, to help the Fed uh, in their battle against inflation. But then we, we still have wage issues, interest costs, regulatory costs there. Uh, you know, lockdowns, war in Ukraine. So Friedman didn't have to contend with that in his academic or his practical work. So, John, in, you're not the only uh, uh, respected analyst on Wall Street that, have, that I've talked to, you know, regarding like this revisiting of, you know, 3,500 and lows of the move. In fact, uh, Craig Johnson over at Piper Sandler, who just made some incredible calls on this show during the pandemic, put, mm -hmm. put Dennis and I to shame. Uh, I... My and try and talk me out of this. I, I think if we go back down to thirty five hundred, if we go back down and take these lows out, I don't think I don't think we're coming back. I don't think there's anything. I think at that point the momentum to the downside, and I'm not going to talk about the COVID lows and anything, but mm -hmm. to me, you know, not going back and testing that low, not going back to that area because you're going to have such a, just a monument. I mean, first of all, they get back down there. A lot of people, and you know, I, I just get the theory that every fund is going to throw in the towel at like 3,500, 3,450. And then we're going to turn back up. I think we need to stay up or just be flat, you know, to hang on here until something changes on inflation or the macro. I just think if we're going down, we take that out, you know, Katie, by the door. I think we need to count on, Joel, uh, as Dennis referred to, the stupid algorithms, right? <laughs> I think there are a lot of buy programs written at that 50% retracement. Okay. Um, and uh, the 200-week moving average has been strong uh, in previous uh, downtrends when we're hovering below the 200-day. And uh, also, you think about where we were pre-COVID. And then the fourth quarter of 20, 
you know, we had 70 new records last year, 71 records last year. So you didn't really have the opportunity to set up any base camps, uh, uh, the market, right? So you just kept dropping like a rock, but you have a pretty good base camp in that 3,500 range with the other two areas that I suggested. And uh, what we've seen thus far, the S&P is down, what, 14, 15% year to date. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the, we can attribute a lot of that decline to price. Um, we're still looking at, um, you know, a consensus forecast for next year that I think is still too high in the $245 to $250 range for operating earnings. And, uh, you know, as much as I like to focus on the fundamentals, you know, we're at 237.50 for next year, uh, and it's conceivable I'm too optimistic. Uh, so I think we just really need to be mindful of, you know, all these things, whether it's regulatory costs, interest costs, wages, energy costs. We've not real. We're still looking at a 12 handle on margins, and um, you know that was uh, very nice when interest rates were at zero or one percent. But I'm not sure the markets have really priced that in just yet. So yes, I'm afraid we could we could retest or test new lows before we resume a move back to this 4,200. And I think, you know, the next attempt at 4,200, if we're bouncing off 3,500, I think it's more fortified because at that point we will have factored in what next year from an earnings standpoint looks like. And John, the other consideration is that stocks really aren't cheap on a historical measure here. So we have a lot of yep. things working against them. And then you look and you see the S&P trading, you know, 18 times, 19 times on, on an earnings numbers that were actually you know, pretty inflated, you know, at the time. So, I mean, you start analyzing and you think like, well, we're, it's not like we're 12 times on the S&P here right now. We're here, you know, towards the lower end of expectation. We're kind of in the middle. So, you know, we got all these things working against us here. Hard to make that case that, yeah, you got to be fully invested here because rah, rah, we're going back to all time highs. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, earnings are nominal, right? GDP is real, you know, inflation adjusted, right? But earnings are not. So uh, to what extent, at what point can businesses keep passing on those costs without having it be a margin impact? John, my last question for you. Uh, <laughs> for the, what do you have for me on uh, election year cycles? Uh, here we are, a midterm election year. Uh, boy, a lot going on, a lot to be debated here. Uh, of course, you know, the politicians want to get reelected. What happened yesterday probably helps out some people. Would, do you have anything for me on a, on a midterm year uh, election cycles? Absolutely. Second year is always a tough one, as you know. I do think that, uh, uh, you know, for all the volatility we've endured uh, as investors and traders uh, thus far in 22, we're only getting to the silly season now on uh you know, political impacts. And, you know, we had, you know, written about it, discussed it, and I'm sure you guys have, have as, as well. Uh, you were going to see something going into the August recess, right? So everyone can go back and claim victory and run that victory lap. Um, you know, it looks like, you know, 30 seats, it would appear uh, for the House uh, to flip. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to see the, the shift that many had thought earlier this year, four or five seats in the Senate. I'm not sure, uh, uh, you know, if, if we're going to see something of that magnitude, maybe a couple. Uh, but I think more important for investors is that, um, you know, midterm election years typically see an average drawdown in the S&P 500 of about 17%. You know, we're hovering right around there currently, right? So that's that's obviously never any fun. But what investors need to keep in mind is, uh, and that's data since 1950. And what we found is that after that trough of a negative 17% drawdown for the S&P 500, the ensuing 12-month return is up by a third. So you've made that back and more if you adhere to your strategic allocations, if you you know, uh, double down on certain areas. I, I think that's something investors need to keep in mind because you know the markets, you know, I know Joel expressed concern about if we have to test 3,500 again, we have to turn the lights out. You know, we always think about, uh, you know, adaptability, recovery, the ability to innovate before you grow again, right? And we, we already talked about Friedman, so let's talk about Schumpeter. Schumpeter had the idea of creative destruction, right? And the idea that, you know, what type of new 
uh, innovations come from crises. And uh, yeah, I think for the for the longer term investors in your audience, I think that's something very important to keep in mind. Definitely. I like that opinion there, John. And uh, when the bear market comes, it's time to build. And so I think that there's people building out there and we'll see what innovation comes out of this time. Appreciate you coming on. John Lynch, CIO of Comerica Wealth Management. We'll definitely have you back on, John. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Bye now. Thanks, John. All right. There you go. Great guests there and some good comments to wrap it on up. Definitely something that I think uh, everybody needs to pay attention to. Let's go into what really popped there right in the middle of that interview we got breaking news on unity here let's take a look big pop on that stock um a little bit kicking myself because i I, mean, I wanted it at 30 to tonight yeah but this is not a reporting this is a deal here with app loving they submitted a compelling non-binding proposal to combine with unity a mix of app loving class a and Class C common stock with value unity at 58.85 a share and a 20 billion enterprise value. Um, so app loving and unity getting the pop off of that. 834. I'm just trying to analyze. Yeah, the I was going to say. Uh, I know, the, Dennis. This the is a big this. pass on this one. I don't know what. I'm, I I don't know. I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to sell. I. Obviously, they don't look at it as good for app, and they like it for you. So that's all I can tell you. You still busting? I don't even know. Uh, kicking myself. I didn't. If I, can even, if I even can give you a level, because I, you know, if you know, where is this going to be? You know, valued at? I don't know. Maybe if you're looking for a target, sixty-two fourteen. I will say the one daily high was at fifty-seven thirteen. Next daily high, sixty-two fourteen. Well, let's see I the pre-market it? chart here. I, yeah. So I'm just. I, I'm to sorry. Look. What? What? Yeah, you got that thing over Straight top. Straight up. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you got app, and I haven't seen. Is this a stock deal proposal? All stock I, deal? It's yeah, for all like stock. So you got yeah. app going down. I'd sell Unity. This looks like a sell. This looks like a supply <laughs> sell. There's just from an arbitrage perspective, I don't know if this deal is even going to go through. I mean, I'm not even sure. No like idea. this is a a proposal. It doesn't sound like Unity is accepted. This it sounds like it's a proposal to yeah. to Unity. So it doesn't even sound like you know. But that's the one thing. Oh, maybe fifty-eight so eighty-five. So just 50, yeah, one, sorry. Sixty seconds, you know, of thinking here. This is my I've only known about this because I didn't even notice it happening. I was trading other stuff and, and and doing the interview with John. Sixty seconds of analysis would be okay. The fifty-eight eighty-five is go. not that great of a price to pay if you're fifty-five dollars. But this is just a proposal, so maybe it's gonna like maybe some people are gonna think, oh, oh well, this is going to maybe you know propel another company to maybe make a better offer. So that would be the argument against selling it here. Um, because you know, it's on APP, APP is getting whacked. So if we dig into actual numbers, which are probably, is, are they in there? Do we have the actual numbers? Yeah, we do. I'm just trying to see what, how many shares. So you just do the quick air math. Joel, I'm reading it here. So keep talking. Yeah, so am I. I, I like so I said, one above my pay grade here but go this ahead. is something that i, I definitely this uh, is not above my pay grade this is how i get this is literally up this is up dennis's alley so um, yep. i know if he was watching this he would have been able to react a lot more but that's that's what so give us a like guys just for dennis being here things like this is what dennis dennis would destroy if he wasn't on here on pre-market prep he would have been definitely jumping onto that i got the spam in the chat it's gonna be tough air math because there's no ratio or anything they're just giving them 55 percent of the of the stock so you got to take the app of the combined company and they're going to get 49 percent of the voting rights only which is interesting as well so there's some thinking to do here but off the bat I mean, it looks more to me like a selling opportunity here for Unity shareholders, especially considering APP is going down. I don't think they're going to accept this. Um, I'd be surprised if Unity accepted this, um, especially considering how many people are holding bags in this thing. So I, I don't think this deal is going to go through. Like, I don't think I don't think Unity is going to say yes. Uh, 58.85 is resistance. How's that? <laughs> So, but but the only wild card would be is it does this spur you know interest or rumors into maybe other companies, other people doing coming it. in and doing a sweeter deal, perhaps. Unity is still, you know, like when we've had Michael Pactor on the show, who's an excellent analyst, we well respect, and you know he loves this company. You know, this is one that is going to be at the core. If you believe in the metaverse, Unity is going to be at the core of it all. So, yes. would you really want to join him with App and you know not getting that great of a deal here? 
if you're a shareholder of Unity and you bought this thing four months ago at 100, do you want to go and you know get $58 worth of stock from APP? I mean, maybe joining up but not even getting the full voting power of it? I think I'd say pass if I was a Unity shareholder, but um, that's to be determined. So we'll see what, what, you know, this is just coming out here. So uh, first initial thoughts is that maybe Unity would wait for a sweeter deal. It's something that we'll definitely be watching today. I know that everybody's going to be looking at that. Um, and then we'll see what happens from their earnings the tonight open, too, you know, earnings. Yeah. This is going to play into their earnings yeah. too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. So now, and, and this is an interesting setup because if mm -hmm. they report earnings tonight and they're crappy earnings and it dips on it, the dip will immediately get bought because now you've got like a, this bid that's going to add support to it. So that's the one thing you do get is this adds like, you know, a floor, not necessarily a 55, but it gives you like a 52, 53 floor where you can get, you know, where you're going to get the dip coming in, the, the people buying the dip coming in, the arbitrage players will come and buy the dip. I would buy the dip on this if it dips significantly off the earnings. And maybe there's going to be, you know, the algos that are stupid and not, you know, even programmed, you know, to consider this deal. The smart ones will be not running the news algo on this. But if Unity for whatever misses tonight, I think that dip absolutely gets bought. All right, let's go back to the original question of the day. I think it's the important question. Does tech take the rally down? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm going to bring in Kathy Wood dip buying here on well, NVIDIA. I thought we would bring Kathy Wood in like guest. We're going to bring <laughs> Kathy Wood. <laughs> nah, that's that only for Raz. Buying you think the she'll dip, ever come on dip. our show? Um, I don't know. It depends. If she's heard any if she's talk heard from me Dennis talk, Dick, then won't. maybe not. <laughs> But we'll see what happened there. Uh, Kathy Wood led investment arc bought 366,982 shares of NVIDIA valued over 51 million based on Monday's closing price for three ETFs. Um, she did sell some out there. She sold uh, some of that Signify Health that had a pop off of that rumor uh, with Wall Street. Uh, Wall Street Journal, and then she sold her, some of her DraftKings on that pop. I guess she was watching Money Mitch call out on the NFL. <laughs> nice. um, and then she sold some fake therapeutics also, a, a big runner for her lately. She sold 307,000 uh, shares of fake. She, so it looks like she sold some to take some buys. The simplicity of her strategy is amazing. She literally, she listens to the show, obviously, because she buys a dip and sells the rip. This is what she does. Her stocks start ripping. She sells them. Stocks start tipping. I love her five-year time horizon too, Joel. It's a five-year time horizon when the thing's going down. But when it starts to fall back up, she's selling the hell out of them. So, I mean, she's literally buys a dip and sells. She's the ultimate buy the dipper, sell the ripper. She should be killing it, except she picks the wrong stocks. And you know what kills her? Is that she won't she, – she very rarely sells at a loss. So, she won't – you know, she has no discipline in that way. And that's what – it kills the strategy. Is that, you know, you're buying the dip, but you weren't refused to take the losses. So then you get stuck holding the bag and, you know, eventually you're just full of bags. And that's what she obviously is full of. So, I mean, I like to buy the dip. I like to sell the rip aspect. Just needs to get some discipline in there and cut those losers. And all of a sudden, maybe she'd turn the ship around. But until she gets some discipline, it's going to be a tough go for Kathy Wood. She does not listen to the show or read my articles. Uh, that was a pre-market prep stock of the day yesterday was NVIDIA. And I'm like, the company just came out and gave you bad news, right? And also, and the other thing that I put in the article, and I, I didn't know if Dustin was going to put it you know, on, the, on the editing room floor, I said, what if they're – what if they're not? Um, what if they're wrong? And how much they're lowering the revenue guidance, right? And then Micron comes out this morning and says, "Yeah, we lowered the revenue guidance, but we didn't lower it enough." So that's the other thing that would keep me out of it. I mean, also the first day of a you know a, you know a, a two day move in that. I mean, I, I don't know. I would say if you really want this Nvidia. I looked at it yesterday. Your fifty percent is around one sixty six, one sixty five and a half. Couple lows in that area, you know. Maybe if it about if it comes down to holds today's low, it gets a bop. You know, it closes green on the session. Then you have a you have a point, a reference point to stop yourself out. But just buying it here, you're leaning on one low the day after the market gave you bad news, and also if the you know the market if the market implodes then 
you know, they're gonna they're gonna take it. They're gonna take it with them. I mean, it's the I haven't checked, but it, it's been falling down in the top components in the S and P. It's still in uh, it's still in the top ten. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the overall market as we wrap up the show here. Joel, what are your levels to watch today? Oh, boy, I wish I could give you a better level on the downside, but there's nothing until Friday's low at 4103.75. That's 20 handles from the current low. And I just don't think we're getting to the pre-market high. That's 40. I mean, that's right near the high close of the move. So I'd be prepared for, you know, a 41.20, 41.40 chop fest until you get, you know, some kind. You got CPI to number. People are going to be uh, uh, trimming positions. So that that's uh, that's what I'm looking at in the overall market. Chop, chop, chop. Going to be a chop fest here today. We're going to – I wouldn't be surprised. And you got to tie up with the rezone. Bed Bath Beyond gets a downgrade today, still trying to go higher. So you're going to see the memesters probably off the hop, catch a little bit here again. Did they boot the rug, pull on them? Keep AMC and Bed Bath and Beyond and GME for that matter on your screen if you're trading any of those retail loved Reddit stocks because those will be your leaders. They are down here this morning, but it wouldn't surprise me if those things start to catch a bit again because these aren't Micron stocks. Micron's bought the overall market down. These things are still hungry for them here. Um, I think when the dust settles, I think these stocks are a lot lower, but that's going to be a few months from now. Right now, they're still uh, scrambling. There's short Resilient. squeezes yep. happening here. So I think that would be a catalyst, you know, to give us some chop. Maybe some of those smaller stocks start to catch a bit early. But then I think there's even an eventual rug pull here eventually in a lot of things. I'm still sitting. I'm 44% cash now. It's down to 31% cash at the bottom in the long-term portfolio. I've raised it up to 44 because I'm still obviously concerned of, you know, of the whole China situation. That's what's got me in. Um, and the one thing that I'm concerned, I, I don't want to go full cash is I think the CPI data tomorrow could be soft. So I think we get a rally potentially into tomorrow after the CPI data. And I might be selling that rally. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to wrap on up here. Don't forget it, guys. You guys got a great opportunity coming on up on August 18th, the intro to swing trading with pre-market prep, none other than hosted by Spencer Israel. Guys, check out Spencer on the outside there. I know everyone's been wondering what Spencer's been We've up been to. We've been wondering what he's well, been doing. Well, he's going to be working on his swing trading, of course, with none other than Joel Kahn and Dennis Dick and Rob Friesen. Don't miss that, guys. I definitely want you to catch it. A lot that's going to be talked about, event-driven trading, crash course technicals with Joel, seasonality and quantitative approach with Rob, and don't miss the swing trading relationships with Dennis Dick. It's going to be an I awesome. I can tell you what the best segment's going to be already. What is that, Joel? I'm going to teach Spencer technical analysis. Dun, dun, dun. So on that first segment, I think Spencer's going to run that first uh, segment with you. You, yeah. you two are going to run the yep. technical analysis. Yeah, because 30 it's minutes like, crash course and technical. Because I want it, it's, you know, it's not like I'm not going to give you like squiggly lines and DMAs and things like that. I, I think it, and, and this is one thing that I was able to translate to Dennis is like simple and, and feel. Like Dennis makes his money off his relationships, he makes yeah. money off very minor technicals but it's it's like a feel and it, it's mm -hmm. it, it's level and the levels can give you a feel and i want to i'm going to translate to you guys um also i just wanted to make a quick announcement uh who knows what, what's going to be happening by Friday, but um, Q2, this has been such a confusing earnings season, right? The way stocks have reacted, the way big tech has reacted that uh, I dialed into uh, G Munster. Um, and at 2.30 on Friday on premarketprep.com, Gene and I are going to dissect Q2 earnings season, what he liked, what he didn't like what he's looking forward to Q3. And uh, he was a guy that had a lot of cash on the sidelines. I'm going to see if he put it uh, put it to use last quarter. So I'm going to hop over to pre-market prep and uh, do all the symbols we missed there. Uh, Triple D, I know you got a busy day ahead, but uh, I'll try and tech, uh, check in with you later. Everyone have a good day. All right, let's go towards that interview. Uh, let's go towards that swing trading trailer here. Check this on out, guys. Don't miss it. Premarketprep.com. That's where you want to go. And you guys get a special. Why? Because everybody watching this has a chance for a discount. 
PMPP10 is what you want to be putting in on premarketprep.com. Are you tired of being sucked into momentum stocks just as the momentum turns the other way? Do you not have a big enough account or tired of the complexity for options trading? Well, join Free Market Prep's introduction to swing trading. This is going to get me fired up. Learn event-driven trading, seasonality, sympathy trading, and you can stay on top with optimal hedging strategies. So welcome back, Spencer Israel from the Market Hiatus and learn along with Tim as he hones his trading and investing skills. August 18th, 12 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. You think you learn a lot every day listening to free market prep? Learn how to become an investor that can survive the swings, ups, and downs in this volatile environment. That's, and definitely I gotta get a mustache that like that, out. I tell you. Yeah, and oh, that's real, guys. I'm not I joking. Know, we should grow our mustache. That's real. You could do it right now. You could just shave and have that today. I'd have to grow for a few days. But if you guys don't know who Nate is, he's the waffled legend. So look that up he's if fun, you don't man. know. Um, but definitely he's thinking got more about it. Than I do. Good question here. Can you rewatch it or only live? No, you can go and rewatch. That's what this is all about. You don't even need to catch it live. Of course, live will give you the ability to ask some Q&A. They will be taking some time to run through Q&A. So if you want that opportunity, yeah, of course, don't miss it live. Um, but you can rewatch this. You can play it back. You can put it on, uh, like me, half speed or two times speed, whatever you like to go ahead and listen to the guys, and, and you can go back to certain sessions. Maybe you like Joel's technicals a little bit more, or you want to take a look at the quantitative approach that Rob's bringing in. Well, you will have that opportunity. Don't miss it, guys. Premarketprep.com. And Dennis, have a great day, man. Thanks, Ready Mitch. for another great round. Great job again. Mitch, I tell you, Mitch is killing it, though. The shows are smooth. You're doing a great job here. Trying to get better. Though. That's what it's all about. You're doing a good. We all try to get better every single day with everything that we do, but uh, Mitch is bringing it here. So give us some props to Mitch as well. He's been bringing it. Uh, loving you, Mitch. Uh, have a good day. Have a good one, Dennis. We'll get on out of here, bring you guys over to live trading where we've been hot and going to continue the hot streak. Lord Ryan Zunaid and I have been on fire lately, and a lot of this is staying with the stocks and the rotation, right? Yesterday, what did we trade? Well, we traded Sox S, which is a bearish semiconductor stock. Uh, outlook there, a weighted ETF. And why did we trade that? Of course, the warning by NVIDIA. Now we got another warning by Micron. Come find out what I trade today on live trading. We'll see you guys on over. Hit the like before you get on out of here. And let's keep trying to kind of get around this market. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of volatility. No one knows what's going to happen on the CPI tomorrow. A lot of assumptions. And I think we need to watch what happens on the tape. So it could be a lower volume day. Be careful. Some chop chop might be out there. We'll see if the spy stays in that daily range. See you guys over on live trading.